Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding podcast show. All right, guys, so I am here to really create a tribe of grant writers that drive positive change for nonprofits to advance mission, all those amazing missions, while also having an abundant lifestyle. Now, that's for you nonprofits and for you freelance grant writers out there. We really want to tap into that abundance mindset and away from the pervasive poverty mindset that many nonprofits and those surrounded with nonprofit work have, right? So we really want to get away from that because when we're operating, especially in grant writing, which obviously grants are related to what? To money, to funding, fundraisers, all of those things, right? We're talking a lot about money in this podcast. So money, remember you guys, is not some elusive thing. It is a mechanism that will help drive your mission, all right? So it is a tool that we can use um, so we can advance mission. And it's really important, right? So a lot of times when we start talking about grants and we start talking about funding, um, a lot of people's mind kind of goes to, there's only so much in the world right? And that's that's really not true. Money can be created rather easily, and it is a concept, right? So when we look at, are, do people want to support your cause? Well, probably, right? <laughs> so how do we get them excited about supporting your cause, whether that's through a fundraiser initiative or through a grant proposal, right? How do we get those funding sources to want to support you? And they're going to do that through funding that they have allocated to them, right? So really, we want to talk about, and I just kind of wanted to step aside for a second in the beginning of this podcast and reiterate that, right? Because we do do a lot with mindset, mindset in this podcast because we're talking about money, And money is one of the most emotional topics that people talk about, right? So let's just go ahead and address the elephant in the room because it is not a scary elephant and neither should it be a shameful elephant or one of scarcity or lack. It is one of abundance, right? So we want to be excited that, of course, people want to support your cause. Of course, what you're doing is amazing. And if you're a freelance grant writer or a nonprofit consultant, the work that you do supports these, these amazing missions. So there should be money to support it, right? There's, that is a mechanism. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about, before we get into our episode today, I want to say that this is a series of four. So last week when we talked on the podcast, we talked about the first step to become a freelance grant writer. So this whole series really rests on freelance grant writing. So that's if you want to do this as a business. Um, But for you nonprofits out there, don't tune out completely. You can also really um, listen to these podcasts because it helps you understand as well the importance of having a freelance grant writer um, help you and what they can do for you and how they might charge, how they might address you, all of these things, right? So even if you want to, you're thinking about hiring a freelance grant writer, um, listening to these, this series can be very helpful in the questions that you might want to ask a grant writer when you're interviewing them. And of course, one more mention is I have a free webinar 
coming up this week. So if you're listening to the podcast before October 13th, 2021, I do have that free webinar. It's a masterclass. It's amazing. And it talks about the three proven steps to become a freelance grant writing um, business owner. So it's really exciting. I once again go over some of the mindset because so important, especially when you're opening a business. Um, We talk about money as well, yes, and then we talk about management. So you're really going to get so much out of this. It's completely free. It is on October 13th, which is a Wednesday at 4 p.m. So if you want to sign up, you do have to secure your spot for that. So if you want to sign up, just go over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 190. There'll be a little pop-up that comes up there and just go ahead and sign up right there. So um, definitely you'll want to do that. It also comes with a freebie if you attend. Ah, So that's really exciting. You'll definitely want to attend. If you are at all interested in becoming a freelance grant writer, or if you've been one for a while and you want to grow your business, definitely, definitely, definitely check out that live and free webinar. I'm going to be there live. So I'm also answering Q&As at the end. All right. Once again, grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 190. And it's a pop-up that you can sign up for right away. Also, I'll have all of the show notes from today's episode and a YouTube video there as well. And hey, big, big shout out. We reached over a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Thank you so much for all of you who helped me get over that threshold. Very exciting. So if you also love video, I have a lot of videos on grant writing and funding um, on on the grant writing and funding um, YouTube show. So definitely you want to check that out as well. All right. So what are we talking about today? Let's get into it because this is exciting. We're going to talk about how to get nonprofit clients for your grant writing business. So once someone either thinks about starting a freelance grant writing business or has already taken the leap, a huge question, and rightfully so, comes up. How do I get nonprofit clients for my grant writing business? Well, yeah, you need to get nonprofit or even sometimes for-profit clients, right, Um, for it to be an actual income-generating business. But just creating a website or a business card alone will not get you there. Now, in this podcast, I'm going to teach you how to keep and get, or get and keep nonprofit clients. And more importantly, this will help you increase revenue for your grant writing business. So if you're a newbie grant writer, but you aren't sure how you can get and keep nonprofit clients, or you're already an accomplished grant writer looking to get your ducks in a row, you will discover how freelance grant writers like you and me can get and keep nonprofit clients and why it's critical that you focus on this right now. Once again, in last week's article and podcast, we talked about the first step to becoming a freelance grant writer. And remember, you also have a free downloadable for last week's um, podcast and this week's podcast. So it'll also be on grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 190, sorry, 190, um, and 189. So com forward slash 190 has a downloadable that follows both today's podcast and last week's podcast. So if you are someone who loves to take notes, I definitely recommend that you jump over there because I might do something really cute, <laughs> all right? So, and it's totally free, so you can go ahead and download that. All right, and what I shared there is how this is going to immediately help you get off the floundering fence. Should I start a freelance grant writing business? Should I grow it? I don't know. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, go back and check it out now. Um, that's last week's 189. 
All right. So in this podcast, though, I'm going to build on what we discussed by sharing the number one thing you must master if you want to get Uncape nonprofit clients. Think of this as your first step towards making that happen. And this is an entirely new way of thinking about freelance grant writing, so you're going to want to pay close attention. I'm also going to share how to identify your nonprofit client. When you know how to do this, you'll know exactly what to aim for and how to market. The goal is to break you free of wasting time and money on the wrong types of ads or continually getting no's. This way, you'll never have to worry about how to get and keep nonprofit clients, which means you'll increase revenue for your business and you're going to be a lot happier. We've got a lot to cover today, so be sure you grab that downloadable or you just grab some pen and paper and follow along. So do you feel stuck when trying to get nonprofit clients? Anytime you're trying to get and keep nonprofit clients, it's inevitable that you're going to hit roadblocks. You might have experienced some of these already. Things like not getting nonprofit leads, not having the confidence to reach out to nonprofits. Oh my gosh, a cold lead, what am I gonna do? and even spiraling into imposter syndrome. Well, here's what I know to be true. If any of this sounds familiar, it's totally normal. But if you simply accept this at face value, you're never going to get and keep nonprofit clients. And I know where you're coming from. I get that it feels like some of this is out of your hands. It's frustrating to come up against these things again and again. I've been there myself and I've seen other aspiring freelance grant writers go through the same thing. And it's especially stressful because you know that getting past these challenges is key in helping you get and keep those nonprofit clients. So in today's podcast, I'm going to make this easy for you. I'm going to help you avoid these usual headaches by showing you the simple steps I follow to get and keep nonprofit clients myself, which will save you lots of time, money, and frustration. However, before we go any further, warning, warning, it's important I bring your attention to something that often gets overlooked as you begin to see this on a practical level. Ignoring this virtually guarantees you're going to have a tough time to trying to get and keep your nonprofit clients. It's easy to think it's hard to get nonprofit clients. This is a dangerous assumption to make, and I don't want you falling into this trap, okay? But at at some point, most of us believe this is true, myself included. I'm guilty of this in the past. Mm -hmm, I'm telling you guys, (laughs) I teach my lessons learned for sure. And this is a big assumption is why so many aspiring freelance grant writers are struggling. Coming up, I'm going to reveal the truth behind the old belief that it's hard to get nonprofit clients. And more importantly, I'm going to share with you what you need to know instead. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of today's podcast, starting with number one, the mindset behind getting nonprofit clients. Yes, I've been talking about mindset, but we're going to kind of put a different spin on this. Okay, so stay with me because you're going to want to listen to this. So come back to me if you're multitasking. All right, so I am going to go over some tried and true strategies Freelance grant writing students that have gone through my freelance grant writing master course have experienced much success in implementing niching approaches when identifying and finding nonprofit clients. But before we get to the step-by-step approach, I need to mention that underlying the underlying thought process, right, in all of this. And I'm going to use an example that I got from Michelle Rohr. You've probably heard me mention her quite a bit. 
Um, she's actually someone I really look up to. She's someone that I've, uh, you know, booked out coaching sessions before, and I personally know her. Like um, back in the day, probably about seven years ago, we were both building our businesses together on Guam. Since then, she has moved on to the States, um, but we still stay in contact, and I really love the work that she does. So I, I, I picked this up from her and her Secret Owl Society, and if you're interested in learning more about this approach, um, that I'm going to share with you, definitely jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 190 because I have um, the link to her there. So you can kind of check and see what she has. Um, but what I really liked is she came up with this analogy, right? So I'm kind of stealing it from her, but I'm giving her like total cred. <laughs> okay, so thank you, Michelle. <laughs> All right, this is the analogy. And she kind of applied this analogy to thinking about super fans and followers. But I'm going to kind of take it and apply it to clients. All right. So here it is. What is the analogy? What is the mindset I'm talking about? Let's go back to, okay, when you think about nonprofit clients, instead of it being like a them versus me and out there instead of over here kind of concept, right, that feels disconnected, I'm going to want you, okay, here, sorry, let me rewind. Got stumbled up on my words there. I want you to consider yourself as a host of a dinner party, right? So you're the host of this great dinner party or the hostess, right? Um, Now consider your potential or existing clients as guests to your dinner party. Let's reclaim the relationship by not blankly saying, I'm going to grow my clients, but actually think of that you are going to grow your guests. Um, Now, the next step is your invitations, right? Would you send out a blank invitation or just a generic invitation to everybody and anybody? No. So a lot of times when I think people think about, you know, they're starting into the freelance grant writing world and they think, I just need to like blast all the nonprofits in my area with like my newsletter or my about me and just like send it out to everyone. Or when they're thinking about applying for a grant, I'm just going to send out the same two page grant application to like a hundred different foundations because statistically I should be able to get one. That never really works. (laughs) So I'm just here to tell you, neither of those strategies really work, right? But think of yourself, you're going to host a dinner party, right? It's not like you're going to invite everybody in your community. You only want to invite certain people that you actually want to have some great conversations with and actually enjoy their company. So in this way, shift from looking at clients as a price tag to thinking of them as missions that you support and as people you want to build long-term relationships with. For example, instead of just Googling nonprofit clients in your area, think about what types of nonprofits you are excited about. Which executive directors would you want to have at your dinner party, right? Who do you actually want to spend time with? Because when you get a nonprofit client, you are developing a relationship, right? And it's the same with grants. When you are getting a certain grant, you are developing a relationship between the nonprofit and the funding source. Who do you want to have your relationship with, right? And the other thing is, I love this quote. This is from Michelle. She says, you are here to enjoy the nourishing feast of your body of work and inviting people to sit down at your table and enjoy it with you. 
So that's Michelle's quote, unquote. Um, so expanding on this very important thought process is that much of the masculine marketing world has focused on really identifying what your client wants, what their needs are, and more. It's finding all their pain points, finding all their this, finding all their that, all about them, right? And in this dinner party kind of analogy of reframing your, your thought process on connecting to clients, it's more about who do you want to serve? Who do you want to invite to your, to your table, right? Because, oh my gosh, if we look at the example of a dinner um, party, we find that the host is the most important person. If the host or hostess isn't relaxed and enjoying the time with her guests, then it's all off balance. So as we get into the step-by-step process, I want you to really think it's more about you as a grant writer than what's the most popular or prevalent nonprofit out there. So for example, during the pandemic and throughout this transition time, it's hard to say we're post-pandemic because we're not (laughs) whatever you want to call this time, right? There are a lot of health sector nonprofits emerging, and there are a lot of grants available in this industry, education too, right? So however, you might be way more passionate and interested in focusing on climate justice, the women's equality movement, and education for discoverabilities right now. You want to talk to those people at your dinner party. So instead of going after what's sexy and what might be a lot of funding out there, it's okay to go back to your values and really think about who you want to serve. Okay, so it's really reframing that what do they want? It's all about my, my customer. It, it really isn't. It's, it's about you and who you're developing as a person and how you're actually who you want to invite and what kind of grants you really want to go after and help expand and your mission as well in the world. Even if you're not a nonprofit, you are a freelance grant writer. And part of being that is really helping nonprofits with their mission. So what, and that you usually have to connect with that, right? So it gives you kind of this inclusive value. And I'm not saying that a grant writer can't take on a variety of clients, um, but if you are passionate about certain causes and movements, then your interest, conversations, grant research, and more will be so much more present and therefore so much more prosperous, right? It's like that mission drift we talk about with nonprofits when they start chasing the grants that are just trendy, even if they don't totally relate to their nonprofit right? So we don't want to, and then sometimes if they get those types of grants, they're like, oh my gosh, how do we even manage this? They realize how disconnected it is. And it's usually not a good thing, right? So it's the same thing with you as a freelance grant writer. Don't just take anything and everything that comes knocking on your door or vice versa. Don't just throw everything and, you know, your services to anyone and everyone and just feel like you're indebted to them, right? Who do you want your dinner table, right? So let's go back to that. So remember, part of securing your nonprofit client will include some sort of marketing, whether that is posting on social media, writing blogs or articles, starting a podcast, teaching webinars, or more. So this means you are going to be creating a lot of content around that and becoming an expert in that content. So make sure that content is interesting to you. If it's interesting to you and gives you satisfaction, it will translate to others. 
As an example, I've been very fascinate, fascinated and passionate about feminism and changing the narrative on success from a masculine power to a more feminine strength. I've seen and lived through so much discrimination against women, and this includes women be, being discriminated purely because of their gender, access to capital, access to networking, feeling unsafe in communities, right, as well as physically, mentally, and emotionally abused. To this discrimination, what I have learned is that many women, myself included, have perpetuated the trauma and their lack of self-confidence. This in turn can result in feeling like they need to act like men when they are leaders or not step into their fullness by undercutting their pricing and sabotaging their business and self-worth. Okay, I've worked and continue to work much through this, right? But I, what I found is that when I started the conversation about this, so many other women have lit up and want to be at my dinner party. <laughs> so what does this mean? I'm super passionate about writing articles and conducting podcasts on feminism, i.e. equality, right? It's not a nasty F word in the nonprofit space, as well as weaving these topics into my courses. And that attracts others who have similar mindsets. So will I only serve people that are interested in feminism? No, I love all people who are kind, but it does help me focus on the dinner party I wanna hold and the people I wanna interact with and the mission I really feel is important um, that grant writing and funding our community can really um, reach out to. So who do you want to have at your dinner party? All right, so let's get into the different types of nonprofits. So now that we went over mindset, because that's a huge thing, you guys, and I really wanted to spend some time there, which we did, but I want you to think about that a lot more, who you want to have at your dinner party. But now I'm going to kind of go into the basics, the overview of the different types of nonprofits, okay? So there are many different types of nonprofits, just like there are many different types of grants, but you don't have to serve any at all right? So I like to categorize the different types of nonprofits, not meaning who they serve, but the capacity of each nonprofit into three different types of nonprofits. All right. And yes, I'm using animal names because I love animals. <laughs> so number one is the startup pup. Now, many of you may be so familiar with these because they're almost one of the most prevalent ones out there, right? Um, but the startup pup Definitely very prevalent, and this one has typically secured less than $100,000 in an annual um, operations in a given year. Pups may not have received any grant funding yet, or maybe just small grants or fundraising. And just like the name implies, startup pup, a lot of them have recently started up. So, or they've started up for a while, but it's never really been consistent and grown. So they also have very little infrastructure in place, usually just a board of a directors, maybe a part-time executive director, um, and just are starting to grow their capacity. So pubs would want to hire a grant writer to find foundation grants rather than federal funding, um, or they want to hire you to conduct fundraising. And according to Nonprofit Sector in Brief 2019, 29.5% of nonprofits registered with the IRS in the United States that filed their 990s fell under the startup pub category of receiving less than $100,000 in the annual operating year. In this way, startup pubs are one of the most prevalent types of nonprofits. They also are the most common nonprofit to work with an intern grant writer or ask for free services from, from, from a grant writer. 
Now, you might just be starting out to write grants, so working with this type of nonprofit could be very beneficial in the beginning. You may also get the most experience as you can do other things to help out besides writing grants, such as strategic planning, fundraising events, donor nurturing, board development, and more. The downside is that you might not get a lot of support or guidance from the board as they may be all new to this as well. And it really depends on your expertise. So let's go ahead and look at the next one. Expanding monkeys. All right, so expanding monkeys have a bit more sizable of an annual operating budget versus a startup pup and have been around the block a little bit longer. For example, they may have an annual operating budget between $100,000 to $1,000,000 per year. And most expanding monkeys are actually hybrids of startup pups and veer closer to the $100,000 mark. So I just wanted to point that out. That category alone is actually accounts for 37.1% of nonprofits. So that's one of the biggest right there are those people. They've just, you know, reached over that 100000 mark, but not very far. Okay. On the higher end of expanding pups, between 500000 to a million dollars of annual operating budgets, that consists of nearly 10.4%. So you can see much or more of that hybrid. So overall, the expanding monkey has secured some funding, such as some smaller grants, state contracts, foundation grants, and maybe some smaller federal grants. Um, those that are a little bit like firmly in the expanding pups, right? The, um, I'm sorry, the expanding monkeys are more, um, are in that 500,000 to a million may have secured some larger federal grants. Okay. Typically, they have some infrastructure in place, but usually it's not optimized because they've kind of scaled a little bit fast or something like that, right? And the thing is, they understand the value that a grant writer brings to their organization. For expanding monkeys, hiring a freelance grant writer versus an employee is a smart move to help control their overhead, and they may hire a grant writer to not only write grants, but also do grant research, donor nurturing, and to improve their overall infrastructure. So just like um, startup pups, right, they also need a lot of infrastructure development. Expanding monkey may have some things in place, but they've just been kind of thrown together. Possibly they really want some help because they're ready to start scaling and they want to make sure all those foundations are really set up. Um, and then we have our third category, which I like to call the cash cow. The cash cow is the most established nonprofit organization and has an op annual operating budget of more than a million per year, right? So cash cows, cows results in about 23.1% of nonprofits, according to the non -sector, nonprofit sector in brief, with 5.4% of 10 million or more per year, right? So very small amount. And this actual area is growing quite a bit. It's almost like interesting, right? When you think about um, monopolies or that sort of thing, right? Like the big Walmarts of the world, the big business of the world, nonprofits are starting to do this as well. The bigger ones are becoming a lot more well-funded, Okay, so that was a side note there, guys. So this type of nonprofit is very good at getting grant funding, and most tend to secure their grant funding from federal grants. Um, many also have in-house grant writers, but may hire freelance grant writing for writing a certain type of grant or assisting the current in-house grant writers. The cash cow understands the value of grant writers, but also would be much more specific when hiring a grant writer compared to, say, startup pups. 
For example, cash cows will want to know your grant writing background, the strengths in securing certain types of grants, and more. So they're really going to be hiring the more experienced grant writer. So understanding these different types of nonprofits are really important for grant writers. For example, if you're a freelancer, you want to transition into it, um, and you do an interview with a nonprofit, one of the questions you can ask is about the annual operating budget. Just knowing this is going to help you identify kind of which slot they're going to fall under and which services may be important for them and where they are going in their nonprofit journey. So very, very helpful. All right, now our next kind of phase as we go into number three and getting um, securing and retaining a nonprofit client is really understanding. So we looked at you as a person who you want to bring to your dinner table. Then we also looked at the different overall capacity types of nonprofits. Now I want to go into the different topic areas. And we kind of covered this when we looked at who you want to invite to your dinner party, right? But I wanted to kind of stress this a little bit more. So now that you know the different types of nonprofits, we go back to who you want at that dinner party. You may be so interested in the nonprofit world that you want to support orphanages in Ethiopia, animal shelters that focus on cat health, all the way to planting trees in Washington state. You may find that each and all missions that nonprofits serve, they are interesting. And if you only focused on one topic, you would get bored, okay? And that's okay. You consider yourself a generalist then. So it's really, are you a generalist or are you a specialist? Okay, and this is good to know about yourself, right? So what about the specialist? Well, you may really think about certain causes that light you up. All those people you want to have at your dinner party and stick to that focus. Does that mean you have to take on those clients exclusively? No. But you can focus on this industry and mentioned as above, research grants on these topics, write blogs about it, attend conferences that focus on these needs, etc. And this way you can really light up and become more of an expert in certain areas. Remember, there are not a shortage of nonprofits out there. All right, so let's go ahead and do a quick review of what we covered today. First, we saw a whole new way to think about how to approach nonprofit clients. Remember, you are the hostess of that dinner pate. You can use what you learned here today to immediately help you get that uh, invitation list set up. Plus, you found out the different types of nonprofits, so you are more familiar with their needs and why they are where they are emotionally and financially. All right, and then we talked about are you a generalist or are you a specialist? Let's go ahead and really think about how you want to reach out to nonprofits. There are no shortages. All right, so in next week's article and podcast, I'm going to show you another system on how to approach pricing and packaging for your freelance grant writing services. It builds on everything we talked about today. And most importantly, it outlines everything from starting from the ground up to growing and scaling. So I believe this is really one of the most important parts and valuable parts in the, well, not important, but one of the most valuable parts in the four-part series. You're going to walk away with so much clarity about how everything fits together, and you're going to see the areas that are the most important for you to look at right now. So if you're a newbie grant writer and want to transition to freelancing, this is going to give you the exact track to run on to develop pricing and packaging. And if you're already an accomplished grant writer, then you're going to learn the specific steps you can take right now to amplify the momentum you already have. 
Plus, you're going to identify a few things which are likely holding you back from growing and scaling the way you want to. All right, so let's go ahead and definitely earmark this. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already because you're definitely going to want to jump on that. But just by learning what we covered today, you're definitely one step closer to your ultimate goal. You want to start a real business and get nonprofit clients. And you and I both know it's so much more than that because it means you'll have less stress, be able to spend more time with the people you love. And that's what really matters. Also advancing those missions that you're passionate about is so cool. So take what you've learned from here today and start putting it into practice. Maybe you're just at the beginning stages or maybe you can apply it right away. The thing is to get moving. You're going to want to take these small steps, which will get you where you want to go. All right. And definitely, definitely, definitely join my free webinar because I'm going to talk about all of this stuff, a little more detail, a little more slides, give you some more um side notes on this and give you a free live Q&A at the end. So you're definitely going to want to chime in for that as people always have excellent questions. All right. So um, definitely go over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 190. Can you believe we're on our 100th and 90th episode? Just want to throw that in. (laughs) That's pretty, pretty amazing. We're almost... 200. That's crazy. All right. So definitely go there, grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 190 to sign up for that free webinar, which is on October 13th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Of course, this is 2021. If you miss this date, you're still going to want to go ahead and check out all of the notes from today's um, episode so you can see what we have there as well. All right, guys, I will talk to you very soon, and I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful day.